welcome. My name's Toby. I'm here with Expert Village, and I'm here to show you how to make frog sounds. Wow. So tell hey. me more about these frog sounds. Is that uh, a mating call, perhaps, or an acoustic? This is an archaic form of what you would call a rape whistle. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, here at Expert Village, we really don't want to skimp on the details, so we've got to let you know everything about everything. Yeah, is this something that everyone has to carry around because... If you don't have your froggy whistle with you, I'd be concerned. This that sounds this sounds terrible. I think we should go. We should go, yeah. You know, but you, do you remember those Expert Village videos? Yeah, vaguely. I It's funny because they were a huge part of my high school experience, and I remember when I was trying to figure out this whole relationship stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I was a weird theater nerd. I remember, like, I went online, and I didn't own a computer at this point. I was a junior um, in high school, and I went to the computer lab and looked at, like, Expert Village videos while, you know, the computer assistant was doing her shit. And I was like, how to kiss girl. And there was somebody from Expert Village there to explain that for me. Hi, everybody. So you want to kiss a girl. I'm willing to assume that you're over 18 for this application of this program. <laughs> and if you're not, oh well. If you're not, I'm not legally liable for anything that you do. <laughs> Speaking but, of being over 18, we got a real banger today. Do we? Yeah. Um, Talking about what some people think maybe is the wor- one of the worst songs in existence. Dedicate a whole episode to it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. You think this is a bad song? Ah, that's for the end. But a lot of this appears on plenty of worst song ever lists. Rolling Stone, stuff like that. This has appeared on plenty of worst song ever lists. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. So uh, this is the worst music you've ever heard. My name is Jesse. Yes. Always forget that. My name is Matt. Welcome to the podcast where we do a deep dive and analysis into the worst music you've ever heard, kind of in the cultural zeitgeist. We, we, What's perceived we, as the worst music? That's perceived. You know, here's the thing. I think nostalgia plays a lot into what we deem as good. You know, like, like here's a here's a good example. How good was Crash Bandicoot? It was very good. Was it? I don't know. If I played I it today, know. I'd be mighty frustrated with it. I, <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's kind of hard to dissect, like, Memories of Mambo Number no. Five. I have one. Speci- I have a, two specific ones. One, it was always on Disney Channel because I yes. think there's like a different version. And two, it was at my cousin's wedding, and that is about oh, it. Oh, okay. So you know, I was a little chubby, little Mexican boy dancing around in Mambo Number no. Five, and I felt which is cool. which is the way that song is meant to be done. Dance by a chubby person, right? Yeah, uh, it's probably right. Hispanic descent, but yes. Uh, so. Do you have any recollections of this song? Of this song? I remember hearing it a ton. Uh, When I was younger, I would have those, like, Now CDs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was definitely on there. I wonder Um, if there's a Kids Bop version. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I I don't know what they would change. Probably not much. But uh, probably just the name of, of, you know, ladies. All, All the ladies. So what are we doing today, Matt? So today, if you haven't picked it up by now, we're talking about the infamous 1999 hit, uh, Mambo Number no. 5, open parentheses, a little bit of ellipses, end parentheses. 
Gotcha, gotcha. A little bit, huh? Uh, you know, this has been called the worst song of all time. NPR called the worst song of all time. Uh, the Fall Out Boy guitarist, Joe Troman. As you know, <laughs> big Fall Out Boy fan, so that's always where I go to first for of my course. interviews and musical elitism. Did you, uh, wait, 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 hold up. Uh, on that note of Fall Out Boy, yes. have you ever seen Hey Arnold? Of course. So you know how Helga in the show has like this like in-closet in shrine of Arnold yep. and has like these different fixtures to create the shape? Do you have in the closet behind you uh, a shrine for each of the members of the Fall Out Boy group? Yeah, I have. Well, I have. I have five. There's four. <laughs> there's four people in Fall Out Boy, but I have one for Chubby Puppy Patrick Stump, and then I have one for Skinny Sexy Patrick Stump. Right, and a different evolution. Right. Right. Yeah, I have two of them. And Pete Wait, Wentz, uh, Pete Wentz one is like three times the size of all the others. You know what my favorite. <laughs> favorite and obviously this show is known for its tangents but my favorite thing about the whole like follow-up boy mm -hmm. you know it's an obsession you could say it. trilogy or whatever not a trilogy but you know story is the picture with bruno mars where bruno mars is on the street and he sees pete wentz oh yeah that is literally the best thing one of the best things on the internet it's oh, like it's terrific. It, he's it's starstruck insane. Yes, and the irony is that actually I don't know. I didn't think I was going to get the. He far. loves it. He, he loves, loves it. P. Wentz. I mean, I you know join the club, man. We got jackets. <laughs> like, you know, Pete Wentz loves Mambo Number no. Five. That's not true. Yeah, I don't that's, know that. That's I do know the guitarist for Fall Out Boy, Joe Troman, does not like Mambo Number no. Five at all. He thinks it's one of the worst songs ever, which is uh -huh. how we get on our topic here, and we're talking about the infamous creator of Mambo Number no. Five, co-creator. Lou Bega. Lou Bega, because it, it, it's a cover, right? Okay, so... Am I, am I in trouble? <laughs> you're, no, you're, this is true. This is true. Let's, <laughs> let's take it back a little bit. So Lou Bega is born 1975. Not his real right. name. Not his real name. What is his real name? David Lou Bega. David Lou Bega. Not, so Lou Bega, L-O-U, space, yeah. P-E-G-A, Lou Bega. Last name, Lou Bega, L-U-B-E-G-A. That's like, that is great. That's so annoying. You know, that's like the equivalent of like when like people when parents try to name their kids like, like for example like Megan, but mm -hmm. add like these obscure A's and 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 extra E's in there for no reason. This is what happens when you take your last name and that's your stage name. Oh, let's play a game. Take your last name <laughs> and that's your stage name, but you have to take your last name and put it into two words. Right. Right, some sort of loop. as in, hey, I'm Cal Space eh, Lahan. Actually, oh, you, honest, don't hate, you don't hate it now, do you? I don't hate it. It feels like that is ready to be stolen and picked up by a network. Yeah, this season on the CW's Cal Han, we find out Cal is he? a dark detective. Lahan is a vampire. But they fall in love in a buddy comedy. Dun, 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 dun. Play the game at home, folks. Tweet us your stage names. Tweet us your Lou Bega stage names. <laughs> Hashtag Lou Bega. Fuck, I don't. <laughs> Hashtag Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Um, you know. Uh, I think that blows my mind. That does. And I think he's the only person in the existence of the world who could be named who could carry that sigil yeah. as, his, you know, Lou Bega. Like, it was like this Lion King-esque where 
he's like at the top of a ridge and they have him as in, in baby form. Right. But uh, anyways. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's as if, it's as if Childish Gambino's real name was Michael Childish Gambino. Right. And what's his actual name? I don't Don- know. Donald Glover? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Well, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's his actual name. It's, you know, think of these stage names. It's okay. as if, well, that one, Bjork doesn't work so well. No. But you get it. Someone with an incredibly long stage name, and then boom, that's their last name. Here's what I like. Here's, I think, I think there's creativity and simplicity. Like, Outcast's big boy. He, regular big, B-I-G. Yes. And then B-O-I. Oh, are you talking about David Big Boy? Yeah, Mr. Big Boy himself, right? Yeah, that's he went to Fatburger after the Riverside concert. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that was his name, David Big Boy, and then Big his stage boy. name is Big Boy. Big Boy, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, do you have a just a uh, real quick? Do you have a, a favorite stage name? Do you somebody who you can think of that has like like a really just awesome stage name? Hmm. You know, always a fan of like Sting. That's a good one. That's pretty good. I like, I like uh, Frank o- Frank Ocean. Okay. Because his actual name, I'm, name, and I'm trying to look it up now. Please let it be David Frank Ocean. Please let it be David Frank Ocean. It's big, big boy Frank Ocean. Actually, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, his his actual name, Frank Ocean, is Christopher Edwin Cooksey. Yeah, you know. That's a really nice name, Christopher. Yeah, it's. Oh, you talking about Chris? Oh, yeah, he's from the block. Nice Not guy. Jenny. Not Jenny, though. Nice guy. So, David mm. Lubega, born David Lubega, now known as Lubega. Obviously yeah. most famous for num- Mambo Number no. 5, right? Mm-hmm. Released in 1999, you know. But let's let's get a little into the history of the man. All right, I'm, I'm interested because he always seemed like this sort of enigmatic, monomaly, uh, is that a word? Uh, sure. Anomaly of like the '90s that I've never quite figured out. You know, the kids want to know more about Lou Baker. They, they're asking for it. I mean, I saw you saw the tweets. I saw the tweets. Mm-hmm. They want it. So he's born in West Germany, right? This mm-hmm. is 1975. He's born in West Germany. His mother is Sicilian, and his father okay. is Ugandan. Oh, that's neat. That's pretty cool. It's a very, very interesting uh, combination. I kind of want to know the history behind that, but let's keep going. So as a kid, he split his time between Italy and Munich, Germany, but he often traveled to Miami where he kind of picked up his, his affinity Matt, for Latin sound. Matt, can, on, honestly, we've talked about Pitbull. What is the correct pronunciation of Miami? Sorry, he often travels to Miami. <laughs> uh, so I apologize. I apologize to Pitbull listening to this podcast, Mr. Worldwide. I'm sorry from the bottom of our hearts. I am Miami and I am Pitbull. Miami, that's it. So Lou Bega spends time in David, excuse me, David Lou Bega spends time in Miami. Uh, <laughs> so that's where he kind of develops his love for Latin music. Um, um, can we say that's not the, the Latin music is not the only part of Latin culture that he fell yeah, in love with. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, yeah, let's keep it moving. So, but today he lives in Berlin. Oh, that's nice. So, very much German. You know, uh, that's so weird. He doesn't give a German vibe whatsoever. Right. You know? Very interesting. So, mm. Not at all. So, originally he begins as a rapper. 
mm. like so many of us young kids have. Right, as as we all do. Right. But when he gets to Miami, he develops a love for Latin Miami. He develops a love for Latin music, uh, particularly the what they're called the Mambo Kings of the 1930s and 40s, kind of this Mambo swing big band sound. Sure, 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 absolutely. Mambo Mambo Kings. They, you know, Mambo Kings sounds like the kind of. Not only do they sound exciting, but they also sound threatening. Like right. if you owed money to the Mambo Kings, yeah, you're gonna be sleeping with sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, it feels like Mamba Kings, like oh, Mam- the king of the snakes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but they're Mambo, you see. <laughs> so it's 1999, mm-hmm. and he's about this is about to blow up. Okay. So everybody knows the song. At least they probably know the song, Mambo Number no. 5, right? Right, right, yeah. What so, is this Mambo you speak of? So, No. Number no. 5 is technically, I, I've called it a remix. Not really. Uh, it's a remix of uh, Mambo King, Perez Prado's own Mambo Number no. 5. Right, which I've so, never heard. Title. I don't I don't think I've ever heard the original, honestly. So he only samples the last 30 seconds. Really? So nothing prior to that has to do with the actual... Right, so he samples okay. the last thirty seconds of Mom, of the original Perez Prado Mambo Number no. Five over and over and over. So bump, ba dum, bump, bump, ba da da da. That okay, yeah, exactly. Obviously, over. So this is a remix. Uh, there's a legal court battle, which we'll talk about in a little bit because it took seven oh. years to resolve. As always on the show, there's always something good to talk about like that. <laughs> I feel uh, like we're gonna actually get sued one of these days. <laughs> so uh, can't talk about it. Uh, there's pending litigation. Can't talk about it. So this song is released, and this blows up. We'll talk about mm-hmm. why it might be bad in a little bit, but you know this goes number one in Australia, number one in the UK, pretty much every chart in Europe, France, wow. Germany, everywhere. Wow, and wow, who knew? I this mean, huge. I always thought it was like a piece of Americana, but like just because I think Disney took it over, but I guess not. I guess that really shows that even though I'm a first generation American, I still think like an American. It all belongs to me. It's because of the mouse. Which we're going to talk about the Disney version of Mambo number five in a little bit. Mambo. Okay. Okay. Uh, So number one in the UK, Australia, everywhere. Number three in the US. So pretty high in the US too. I'm curious. What was number one at that time? Like, I feel like that was taking over the charts. Yeah. Let's see. So the reason uh, that this is kind of attributed a little bit to uh, the... Uh, as you know in the song, he lists women, right? Right. A little bit of blank, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, at this point, a little bit of Monica is one of his lyrics. Uh-huh. So, at 1999... Oh, no. Yeah, this is attributed for having some cultural relevance in America at the time. Oh, you know there's a remix that I found, right? You know I'm going to show that to you, right? Okay. You already know. You already know who's behind that remix that you uh, mentioned. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that maybe lends some popularity in the U.S. or doesn't. I don't know. You know what? You know, just like a just a quick digression. Like Monica Lewinsky. Like, I don't know if you saw the John Oliver special on her, but like, just that's awful, man. Yeah, it's rough. It's a lot of bullying. You know. That's just awful, and I'm glad that she wasn't around in the era of the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways. Um, so, you know, this tops tops all these charts. It's it's going off. It's popping off. 
he also releases a little bit of Mambo, which is his album in 1999. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, a single I, comes first, but this album goes platinum in 10 countries. Well, here here's what's happening. I found I I decided I felt like I didn't bring I wasn't going to bring too much in, into this episode except I found some reviews on this on Amazon from okay. the early 2000s and even 1999. And if you if you wouldn't mind if I can just like jump in here Please. and read a few, uh, actually just a couple that I found too. So this album got four stars. This is from Bart's. This this uh, review was written in 2000. This is before pre uh, pre Bezos. Okay. Yes. Um, so here it is. Four Stars, a very fun but kind of nasty debut album. The CD is summed up very fun. I'm reading verbatim. Mm -hmm. Lou's voice mixes well with the beat, making a great sound. His songs get stuck in your head fast. You want to dance with a lot of these, and everyone can like them. My mom hates contemporary music, and she likes it. But this CD is kind of nasty. In Ice Cream, Lou says he's having more sex than some kitties playing Sega. Wow. (laughs) So make sure that your kids aren't too young. Ignoring this small problem, the album is one of the best I have. I like Baby, Keep Smiling, and Tricky Tricky, Don't Pass This Album Up in all caps. So I read that read that verbatim. I am not dyslexic. Yeah. If I'm looking at the lyrics here, we're going to do a thing that's mega. I'm only saying it like that because it has to rhyme with Sega, folks. <laughs> going to do a thing that's mega. Uh, I haven't way more sex than Kitty's playing Sega. I like Noriega, as in Manuel Noriega. Uh, I ain't dictating the game, and I don't stop until you scream out my name. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, I don't know I don't know how much we want to get into Lou Bega's other discography today, but uh, that is that is some heavy-hitting lyrics. That is pretty out there, man. I mean, you know, Sega was a, a big, uh, as you know... And I hope I'm right on this. A big video game. Oh yeah, you, you know, juggernaut and the day. Well, I have I have one more. Uh, this is a one star review. Okay. I I thought I'd find two th- two different things from different spectrums. This is from Pigpen at OhioHills.com. Piece of one star piece of non listable junk. <laughs> um. So what a piece of junk. I would. I would have given this piece of dung negative stars if I could, nice. but I'm required to give it the lowest scoring of one star. But that is too good. How can you sheep? How can you sheep give this a review a verbatim again of more than one star? I have to wonder how people with no talent can get a recording contract. What is this? Oh man! So this guy was not happy. No, not a fan of Lou Bacon. Not a fan, and I think at at some point I found another review was that pr- essentially said um, that said as for Bega, I see a low paying temp job as a short order cook for truckers in his future. Oh, nice! Yeah, some people were really better. Look, I uh, I guarantee about, you that Mambo Number Five made enough royalties that that guy does not have to work as a short order line cook. I I'm pretty unless he voluntarily wanted to. Yeah. You know, and it, within the same review, this person's giving suggestions. You know, let's face it, this album is extraordinary, extraordinarily boring, but fear not, there is light at the end of the tunnel. To reach this light and escape the doldrums of this unremarkable and artless pop phenomenon, 
follow these instructions. First, move the arrow to Amazon.com text box, then type the following. Super furry animals, gorilla, or muse, showbiz. You'll be whisked away and introduced to music that is a thousand times more uplifting and melodic than this. Yikes. Yeah, those, that's pretty, that's an oof Well, that me. other guy's mom liked it, so. I think, honestly, if your mother likes this album, you know. Just keep it. Just keep it. Come on, man. Just go with it. Don't be a dick. So, you know, Mambo Number no. 5 is blowing up. Let's talk about the lyrics a little bit. Um, if you're not aware of the song, the most famous thing of this song is he really is listing all these different women. That he's, you know, little bit of Monica in my life. I don't want to get sued by the Lubega estate, so I'm not going to play any here for our listeners. Oh, they, you know that estate you know is huge. Yeah. Uh, very litigious. So they'll, you know, they'll come after you. Miami, baby. As we'll see. You know, so he's listing all these women. You know, he talks about gin and juice a little bit, which is very 90s. Um, hey, hey, you like gin? No, Paul Stanley, get out of here. <laughs> Sorry, Paul Stanley. This isn't for you. You stay in the 70s. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, this is very much a Mambo song, right? It's it's uh, Originally, it's Perez Prado uh, in the 1950s and late 1940s, kind of this Mambo mm-hmm. king. Uh, so Lou Bega takes these last 30 seconds of this sample, and he kind of remixes it, writes all his own lyrics. You know, there's some trumpet samples. There's the sample of him going, ah! God, I don't think there's a m- more famous scream or infamous scream in this case than ah! No, I mean that you gotta get that Lou Bega scream. It's like the Wilhelm scream, uh, yeah, and all sorts of stock movie things. You yeah. gotta get the Vega scream in there. So this obviously he took a lot of Perez Prado's work, right? Sure. So this kind of launches between. This doesn't get resolved. This starts in like 2000. doesn't get resolved to the almost the end of the decade. A seven-year kind of legal battle going back and forth between Lou Vegas people and Perez Prado is a state. So you're talking about 2006. It didn't get right. solved. Wow. Long time. So originally the song was written in Germany, right? So it files German copyright. In Germany, riffs and little licks like that are okay to use between songs. Huh. They're not, you know, this it's not really something that it's not very airtight. Good so, job, Germany. Riffs are okay to use. So, of course, this movie's uh, this movie, this money's this music is making a ton <laughs> of money. Um, so obviously, Lou Vegas people want sole control of it, right? They want sole royalty control. Sure. So they take Prado's estate to court because at this uh-huh. point they're splitting the royalties. Uh, okay, I see. So this takes seven years to resolve. Eventually, the court rules in Prado's estate's favor that they will continue to split royalties because originally Lou Vegas people acknowledged that he had contributed to the song and tried to seek a royalty agreement before the song was released. Okay. So they said, you know, we use some of your song. We use some of Perez's Prado's song from this is for, for the estate. So, you know, here's our agreement for the royalties. This is what we get. Uh, they didn't agree on anything. So they just released the song. You know, that's dude. litigation takes so much time. Mm-hmm. Jesus. A lot, of, a lot of that Mambo number no. five money going right back into, right back into the courts. Yeah, and Jesus, yeah. So the court rules that, um, <laughs> that this is an entirely new composition, co-written by Prado and Lou Bega. That's fair. So they continue to split royalties. Okay, uh, I'm sure the percentages are. Is it fifty fifty? Do you know? 
Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. If the the uh, royalty. I, I mean, given the fact that, like, even if, I mean, if he had full control of, like, royalties, I mean, he, he, he would have probably been worth a few more millions than he is now. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. So, you know, a lot of thing attached to that. The rumor is Lou Vegas' net worth is one million dollars. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. so. Unless he, unless he has like assets. Anyways, uh, but he, he's doing well, okay. He's doing fine. I, I found an interview on YouTube. Okay. Where it does this like really awkward interview with this like Fox News reporter from like some random place, but essentially, uh, I guess he's and this was four years ago, so. He's still doing shows, man. Oh yeah, he's still touring all over the place, particularly Europe and uh, and Australia and stuff like that. He's got a very particular particular sound to him. Like, his, there's it's very Euro influence for sure. You know, it really does. It feels like Mambo. Obviously, it's very Mambo. It's up tempo, kind of Latin influence, but it does have like a Euro house music. It does like house music vibe. Don't don't like I don't know. I can't pinpoint it, yeah. but. So back to this interview that I found was the funny thing was he's like, oh, yeah, all those women's names. Yeah, they were, uh, you know, every young guy essentially says every young guy, you know, has his time. And these are just some women I was running across um, in my lifetime. Look, Lupe is just running through these hoes. (laughs) Okay. He's just running down these women. Monica, Erica, Rita, Tina, Sandra, Mary, <laughs> Jessica, Pamela, Sandra, Angela. He even mentions Rita twice. Rita must have been something special. Rita gets a verse and a chorus. I think maybe that was his favorite. You can oh, only Rita assume. for sure. For sure. Rita. Yeah, man. This guy was uh, having a good time in Miami. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you do, you know, he's busting out in Miami. He's all over the place. He's hitting the clubs. Said, wait, wait a minute. Is that a euphemism? It's not. Uh, if I may quote Mambo number five, parentheses, you get it. Yeah. Uh, the boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't want a beer bust like I had last week. I must stay deep because talk is cheap. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I don't think I've heard such good wordsmith wordsmith about you know cunnilingus since Watkins <laughs> ale i i think that god song so gross i think that <laughs> in the list of songs that just name random women maybe this is up there right it's probably up there it, yeah it's it's probably up there you know i do i don't know do you think if this song came out today, it would have the same sort of like stomping power it did in back no. in the late nineties? I don't no. think so. No, I think it's very much an era of its time. And I think it would have landed SoundCloud. <laughs> obviously, it's a little objectification and like misogynistic because he's just like treating these women as objects. Right. Absolutely. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily why it's called one of the worst songs in existence. Why do you think that? What do you think? There are some things that people would get annoyed about this song. This in particular, I think. The repetitive nature. Yes. Like, you know, I think, like, let's think back to that episode we did on, remember, uh, the worst song ever in existence? Mm-hmm. 
where these group of artists came together and like created the song. Right. And I think the monotony of it and maybe the use of, sorry to put you under the, this hot fire, but like brass mm. inside this, uh, this tune may, may, okay. I don't know. I could put see it that. in hot, hot water, you know? I agree. I, I think stuff like loud brass is you best used sparingly. Yeah. I think this is like one of those tunes that like, which I don't really like this song and I don't know the name of it, but it's down to the left, down to the right. Oh, the, front, yeah, the dance song where they tell all the white people what to do. And they love <laughs> it. They love it. They go nuts for this. You know what I'm talking about. Look, yeah, you're at a white person wedding. They're going to do that. Look at Margaret. I'm doing it. Yeah. Wow. What is there? Salt in this? That's spicy. Ooh, is, oh my God. Is that pepper? Um, this is one of my favorite things to witness is <laughs> I'm in a Mexican restaurant or sort of Hispanic restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a Caucasian couple next to me and the older Caucasian woman's like, gracias. Oh no. She, she's so happy with herself. I did it. I did it. Daniel. Did you hear it? See, see, you thought I was exotic. Mm-hmm. And then Mambo number five comes on whole restaurant gets up, starts dancing. <laughs> Can't stop grooving to this big hit from 20 years ago. Dude, honestly, that would be like my equivalent of the Get Out, Get Out movie. Like oh, if there's yeah. a Get Out movie for me and like you're you're at this local chain, everyone's nice and dandy. And then all of a sudden everyone does like a high school musical hit number and it's right. all the Mambo number five. I would it's, be petrified. Instead of the stirring of the tea and the sound of the spoon against the glass is the hypnotiz- hypnotization, it's Mambo yeah. number five. Dude, that would be a people. sucky way to get like hypnotized. And your, you know, your pupils are just getting bigger and bigger as you hear one, two, three, four, five. And then you see Lou Bega and like in the background, and he's like he's opaque behind you, and right. his face keeps getting bigger, and you keep falling to the yeah. abyss. That <laughs> You're is Lou falling into the face. sunken place. <laughs> yeah, dude, how wow. do we get here from there? How like, do we pitch this? Is there any? You know, <laughs> I get the screenplay ready for you all right now. <laughs> Jordan Peele, get him on the phone right now. Get out too. Get out too. Uh, no, it'd probably be called Get Out Dose. Get Out Dose, in parentheses, actually. Mumbified. Yeah, Mambo number two. Um, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, think, I think it really is the repetition of this song that does it. I mean, it's only a 30-second sample, which is the basis for almost the entire track. So I think that's really what does it. You know... If I gave you a 30-second track and I made millions, I honestly wouldn't care how repetitive it was. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lou Vegas fine. He's fine. He doesn't care. You know, he's he's an interesting person. And, and I after I watched the interview, like, I get, like, this really, like, creepy vibe from him. Okay. You know, that I feel like if he were in the States, I feel like some of it is... Miami uh, Ventures would be okay. No, you, I don't know. Okay, he's just well, I get you. you know, like he's like he's like in the club and he's like dancing on all the ladies. That kind of vibe. Yeah, like you know, I feel like I feel like I need to present some of this evidence. Sorry, I've been playing a lot of Ace Attorney, so I'm I'm a very yeah. You got to present this evidence. Objection. Um, so is that real quick? Is that our conclusion? Why this song is kind of seen as the worst song ever? I think it's one just... of the worst ever. It's the repetition. That's, I think it's a repetition and the unoriginality. It literally says a set of names, one, two, three, four, five, everybody, blah, 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 blah. Like it has that – the hit comes 
first. Right. And then then you get mumble in number five. But that's not the most exciting part of the song. I think there's a very there's a there's a big similarity between verses and choruses that make it sound Right. Like there's no contrast. Right. I think one of my biggest problems with a lot of like listen, I love pop music. Like I I enjoy my hits. I enjoy my um what's his face? Uh David Lubega. David no, not Lubega, Sean Mendes. Sorry. Okay. I like my Sean Mendes. I like whatever's on the radio, it's fine. But I think oftentimes what I find is all these new tunes and even this in particular always tries to run to the chorus. It just kind of leaves its verses like ah, filler, you know, it's just filler. It's like, oh, okay, what's going to get us to that? You know, which is kind of annoying. Well, I, if think... I got something for you. Mambo number five is all choruses. <laughs> you know, I can, all, I can, I can already see the, like the, like local, like sponsored, like commercial for it. Are you, you know, it's in black and white, sad music. Dun, dun, dun. Are you tired of boring verse music? Dun, dun. Is your life in shambles? Dun, 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 yes. dun. Well, I got a song for you. Mambo number five, where the mambo keeps giving and the five keeps happening. Refrain after refrain after refrain. How much is it? More refrain. For how long? More refrain. You know what I'm saying? It just keeps going. So, One, just keeps going. Two. Three, four, five, everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride. God. I think it's just, you know, it's very monotone. Or what I if this say... is a confession to a crime? One, two, three, four, five, get in the car, and he's just listing, like, like... All the women he's killed. Right, victims. And he's going to plead the fifth, which is why it's mambo number five. <laughs> he's dancing the... the, the, the... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's really what it is, is the kind of the lack of contrast... Yeah. And at three you know, minutes and 40 seconds, based, you know, the song is three minutes and 40 seconds around a 30-second sample. Dude, I honestly think that I get it. I get, you know, we've done, what, 30-some-odd episodes, and I finally understand I why people— 40s people, 50s now? Ah, who cares? Ah, who cares? But don't—you know, anytime we tell our friends how many episodes we have, they're like, you guys have, like, five, right? They don't care. They don't fucking care. So anyways— The um, one who gets me is you, listener. Yeah. You are special to us, listener. Um, anyways, I think I finally understand why people dislike Nickelback. And this takes us back to episode one. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, their music is kind of monotonous in their own way. And it's kind of like it doesn't digress from itself and it stays the same more or less, you know? Okay. Yeah, So. see. So let me present to you this like interview. You could you could just listen to a minute of it. Okay. And, and just the way he's talking to the reporter, it's so it's so weird. Okay. I have also a couple of uh, a Lou Bega today facts as well for us. I, I am excited. Close out our Lou Bega discussion until until later. Until a later time when he shows up to your house and says like, "Hey man, I heard you." Uh, hey, you've been served. You've been served. This is a subpoena. I'll see, I'll see you soon. I'll see you in court for the next seven years. Okay, so we're going to catch up with Mambo King Lou Bega here. Should I just start this interview? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. 
I'm Ashley Dvorkin, and this is Fox 411 Throwback Thursday, where we get a chance to talk to artists about past fan favorites and new tunes on the way. Today, we throw back to a song throwback with to Lou a Bega. little bit of Mambo throwback. and a whole lot of names. Dvorkian. There's really like eight Lou names in this whole thing. Mambo yeah. five. Welcome, Lou. Thanks so much for So, listener, us. I'm watching this here. Oh, thanks for having me, Ashley. It's a pleasure. He's so wearing a camo uh, blazer. Five, shall we? Can you tell us what is the rest of his body? Behind that song? Well, it's actually a very simple story. I was a young guy. <laughs> I dated a lot of pretty nice ladies when I was younger. And, uh, well, I just came out writing a song one day, and uh, these names of my past, you know, just came to me. Okay. And I wrote it down, got the melody. And uh, the rest is history, you know, sometimes. I okay, I'm going to pause there. There you have it from the man himself, the origin of Mambo Number no. 5. The, the, you know, the interviewer Wait. is very flabbergasted that these are all real women. Matt, can you, can you quote, these are, can you quote him? These are who from his what? These are just women I dated in my past. Damn, dude. But did you see the vibe he's giving oh, up? Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's real he's, proud of that. He's smiling. He's like, yep, you betcha. He's real proud of that. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting cat for sure. I couldn't see the rest of his body. I think he was like camouflage or something. Yeah, he's wearing a camo blazer, and he always wears that brown like fedora hat. Honestly, I think a business opportunity for him would have been like a, a line of, you know, lady hats, fedora hats. Yeah. So yeah. I think I just have a couple facts about what Lou Beg is doing today. Uh, are you familiar with the games Tropico? No, I am not. These are there's like seven of them now. I think these are games that are uh, where you play as like a dictator of like a tropical island. Is this a video game? Mm -hmm. No. In you're Tropico kidding. one or two, Lou Bega is a playable character. You're kidding. And you can elect Lou Bega as a dictator of this island. Honestly, if I want anyone to dictate anything, I guess it should be a, 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 super, a pop superstar from the late 90s. Also, some of her songs are in Tropico, too. You're kidding me. Nope. My God. That's like one step away from Clash of Clans. It's it's pretty good. Oh my, are you, have you played this? Uh, I've never played a Tropico, but they're still okay. making them. People oh, love wow. them. Um, to get back to what you mentioned earlier about Mambo Number no. 5 being a Disney track, it was redone for Radio Disney. Uh -huh. um, and they replaced all the women's names with Disney characters. Oh, boy. A little bit of Minnie in my life. Wait a, a minute. A little bit of Mickey by her side. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I remember um, that from the most. And so this, there's even a shout-out in here uh, to the DuckTales boys. Huey, Dewey, Louie, can't go wrong. A little bit of Goofy for everyone. <laughs> Dude, I wonder like when like Lou Bega got the call, like for that and to to try to do that. They're like, okay, we need you to take these women out, these these like illustrious women, and take them out and switch them with Disney characters. Look, we got Disney. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? He's like sweating bullets. Okay, Minnie. Okay, got to do that one. That must have been a fun writing session. I'm sorry to these women from my past. I have to replace you with the mouse. <laughs> So Lou Bega is still a prolific tour. He's touring all the time. He's on the road all the time, particularly in he, Europe and Australia. Does he do bar mitzvahs? Do you think he does bar okay, mitzvahs? Okay, he is available for corporate bookings. Oh, okay. I see. 
He is. But fairly recently, I can't remember if this is the end of last year or early this year, he's doing a show in Australia, gets a little bit too close to the pyrotechnics on stage, gets a fireball in the face. Oh, damn, dude, that's worse than when, was it, not Ricky Martin, who's the other? No, Enrique Iglesias. Oh, did he get Apparently got like a drone in the face, a camera drone in the face. Ooh, a fireball, an actual ball of fire. Like, you're talking Super Mario fall ball. Yeah, he got blasted a little bit. Oh, dude. Wow. That's so, awful. You know, uh, not can, great. He lost we... his mustache, allegedly, in the interview. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not even funny. So he's okay, still touring. He continued on with the show, kept singing Mambo Number no. 5. But um, bum, 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 bum. Someone oh, got a little dude. too excited. Definitely got a fireball in the face. Not good. That sounds pretty awful. Why is it that some of these artists that people see have bread, eggs, fireballs thrown at them? Yeah, it's a really bad. It's a bad night for Lou Bega. Oh, God, dude. That sounds Okay, speaking awful. of Mario and fireball crossover, how about a Lou Bega as a playable character in the next Mario game? You're... Here's a more ambitious crossover. Okay. Super Smash Brothers oh, Wii character Lou Bega. Yes, and he like he's like you know his final Smash, and he just turns on his radio, and all the Smash players' ears just bleed. Yeah, it's like a massive stun. Everybody stops. They have to listen to Mambo Number Five. They all have to dance, and it's Lou Bega, and you know oh announcing you'll never guess who's coming next Lou Bega DLC. <laughs> <laughs> and you have uh what's his name uh miyamoto just comes out and he's like we've partnered with lou bega with lou bega's half mustache right everyone's they, wearing they, them too they're all wearing fake lou bega mustaches but it's only half they yeah. have to make it realistic yeah it's just grown back <laughs> yeah i'd pay that i'd pay upwards of 400 dollars for that so what do you think about this and you know i don't hate this song you I don't... can kind of understand for the reasons we talked about why some people might find it really annoying, but I, I, I mean, don't explicitly like this song. I, I mean, I don't explicitly hate this song. I don't either, but I can see how it can be a little like, uh, ad nauseum. You know, it can feel feel like a little bit to ad nauseum. You know. Yeah. What do you think about just a real, real quick thing before we we finish off the show? Mr. Kazooie is uh, making oh, the his, banjo. Yeah, he's ban- coming in. Uh, you know, he's coming into the Smash Brothers. Can I seriously, you know, he's tag team with Lou Bega. Like, <laughs> it's kind of stuck in there. If you buy the Bancho Kazooie DLC, you have to have Lou Bega too, and they have to be played at the same time. You know, they, you know, Lou Bega has a stage of his own where all the women that were dancing in the video, that's the stage. The black yeah, and white checkered just, stage. They're all dancing and they're trying to step on you. <laughs> um, they've, they, a lot of people don't know they've replaced the Banjo Kazooie bird with. Lou Bega's mustache. With Lou Bega, <laughs> and he wears a little hat. Very sad. Again, I would pay a lot of money for that. I think that's Absolutely. something Nintendo should pursue. And uh, you, know send, you know, I'm going to send them pursue... my direct deposit information. Just in you case. know what Nintendo's going to pursue is legal litigation against this. That's what I think. Yeah, they're going to sue for this episode. Um, Mr. Miyamoto, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of them. I just, I got carried away. Lou Bega does that to me. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I think Lou Bega has done enough. He's lived in all of our heads. 
Oh, I was like, he's. I thought you were gonna say he's lived long. <laughs> he's enough. not lived long enough. Jeez. I helped Jeez. Lou Vega a thousand years. <laughs> Lou Vega a thousand years, which is maybe should be the sign off for this podcast. Yes. So Lou Vega a thousand years, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the worst music. That's gonna do it for us, folks. Uh, follow us at the worst music you ever heard on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The worst music you ever heard on Twitter. We yep. will respond to your messages as soon as we can. Yeah. We have. We have a busy tour happening in Iceland. Yeah, you wouldn't know about it. You can't buy tickets. It's Super low key. We're it's opening a, for Lou Bega. It's, it's Lou Bega. He's forced us into uh, his contract. Yeah. So, um, anyways, folks, this does it for us. I'm Matt. I'm Mia. Yeah.